and welcome to the Global Slovakia podcast, where we explore Slovakia's past, present, and future. In this series, we look at the destinies of the brave Slovak men and women who dared or were forced to leave Slovakia in search of a better life abroad. Are you Slovak? Do you want to connect to your heritage? Follow us on Facebook or globalslovakia.com. Hello, I'm your host, David Grega. Welcome to Global Slovakia Podcast. Today, we are joined by Chris Stifel to talk about his family's Slovak connection, share with us some of his fascinating story, and how old photographs helped him make that connection with his Slovak roots. Hello, Chris. Welcome to our podcast. Ahoy, David. Yakshamash. Thank you so much for having me today. Good. Can you share with us a little bit about your Slovak connection? I know your paternal grandparents were ethnic Slovaks. Can you expand a little bit on that and give us an overview? Uh, sure thing, David. Yes. So as you mentioned, my Slovak roots are on my paternal side, my father's side of the family. My grandmother, Julia Malenak, she was uh, born and raised in Petrovce, small village of about 180 people in Northeast Slovakia. My grandfather, Janos Stifel, John Stifel, he was born in what is now Uzhirad, Ukraine, a small village outside Uzhirad called Umhuta. Then, of course, it was all Austro-Hungarian Empire, and now it's a border town in Ukraine on the uh, eastern edge of Slovakia. And I understand that it was in the 1920s. Do you know why they decided to emigrate from Slovakia, the forces that were involved? Sure. Actually, it was a little earlier from what I'm discovering. I think, as far as I could find, my, my grandfather came around 1910. Sort of some back and forth coming to America, getting settled, finding work, then going, coming back and bringing some family members. But I know Connecticut, uh, New Britain, Connecticut is where our paternal grandparents settled. As you can imagine, uh, that time, 1910, 1914, it was a difficult time with war on the horizon in Europe, World War I, famine, disease, a lot of hardship back then. And the desire to seek a better life and opportunity was clearly not in Slovakia at that time. So he was part of that coming over on a, the USS George Washington out of Bremen, Germany, landing in New Britain with his brother and working in factories. I was, as we know, all our Slovak ancestors, you like mines or factories were pretty much the uh, occupations. And prior to that, before they left Slovakia, your family, they were farmers. They worked uh, really heavy manual labor type positions. Correct. I've, I've discovered that, that my grandfather worked out in the forest, cutting timber, long days, hard work, little pay. They had some uh, fruit trees and they had some livestock, you know, making ends meet you know, with their own crops and food source and, and whatever work they could get in the forests. Same thing on my grandmother's side in Bratovce. There was a family farm. They had a piece of land. They worked the land. There might have been a small I got pension or hotel nearby. And my grandmother was like a maid. You know, I guess there were maids and nannies and cooks at this pension. So that's as far as I know about what they did for income. That is amazing. Some of the hard work that they had to do in Slovakia kind of prepared them for hard work when they came over to America. Uh, absolutely. Uh, from the forest to the factories, I guess you could say. Grandmother and grandfather worked in the factories. 
raised a family. My grandmother's parents lived with them in the same apartment building. As there was the ethnic Slovak neighborhood in New Britain, Connecticut. So a lot of families were there. My grandmother's sisters raised their families all down the street within a four or five block radius. I did find out that my grandparents had their, their whole family, basically my father and my, my aunt and my other uncles. The, the mother was sleeping in the same room as the, as the parents. So talk about tight quarters. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you keep your Slovak traditions and identity alive. What kinds of things were passed down to you that helps you to really celebrate your Slovak roots? Well, I think food really you know, brings us together and bonds us obviously through the holidays and general celebrations and birthdays and weddings, all that traditional Slovak food of halupka and pierogies and halushki, nut rolls and poppy seed rolls and mushroom soups. Uh, that's what I remember my grandmother making. My father took care of my grandmother as she got older and was always over there every weekend. And I would come as a young child and my grandmother, you know, was very happy to see me and, and she'd make up food for me. As you can imagine, you're overwhelmed with uh, all this uh, food, but I latched onto the halupki and pierogies quite easily. And that was a huge part of our family. And that's been passed down to generations of still making those food. A tradition that we've had in the family for 62 years now, which is every Saturday before Christmas, we have this get together and we do some uh, Slovak traditions, singing songs, breaking the oplatki and passing the sacred wafer around. It's a great time. It's been etched in me for all these years. And since I had 24 cousins growing up, and now it's expanded to like 70 or 80, second and third and even fourth generations. Uh, for the most part, it's been going strong for 62 years. Yeah. Food and holidays and traditional recipes and celebrations will transcend uh, anything. They're universal. You don't need to know the language to feel really connected when you're sharing uh, food and celebration with families. 100%. And, and also, religion is a big part of the Slovak immigration in America. Is it your grandfather that was a founding member of All Saints Catholic Church? Yes, thanks for bringing that up. Totally, you know, Roman Catholic. And I believe the story goes, as the Slovak community grew, I guess the, uh, the Archdiocese said, there's too many of you, you need your own church because you're overwhelming the other churches. So they said, okay, they raised money and they rolled up their sleeves and they broke ground literally diagonally across from where I was born in New Britain, Connecticut. You know, I was baptized there. My parents were married there. You're we all living in these three family homes and these small apartments cramped together. And as eventually success comes on the family through hard work, they build their own homes and they move out into the suburbs and you know, Slovak community kind of dissipated from that town. All Saints kind of ceased to exist and it was absorbed by uh, another church. That was a big part of our life, that All Saints church. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, Chris, I'd like to shift now to really important aspect of your story, and that is some of the letters and photographs that we alluded to earlier ended up being so precious to your Slovak roots. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So my grandmother had these letters that were passed to my father from the old country, starting from 1912 all the way to like 1970. Most of the correspondence was from the very beginning to through the 1920s, and then they stopped. 
all those early letters were in Slovak and Hungarian because they were forced to write in the Hungarian language as well with a forced majorization, which the Slovaks were resentful of. So I had these letters and there's two were in English. The photographs were people with some names on it, women with names on them, a church and a baby in some kind of formal outfit, uh, headdress and everything. So who is this baby? Who, where is this church? Nothing's written on the back, of course, to pass on the knowledge. But I kept them. It was like a big mystery. I take them out every year or two and try to figure out and start doing some research. Five or six years ago, I found a woman named Katerina in Silver Spring, Maryland, who knew Slovak and Hungarian, and she was able to translate these letters. Very difficult, very kind of heart-wrenching letters, to be honest with you. My grandfather, siblings who stayed in, in Austro-Hungary at the time were asking for money and anything they could send. When my grandmother, Julia, passed in 1970, my father was corresponding with this woman in Slovakia, in Lavocha, south of where my grandma was born. All the old folks knew who she was, and they said a prayer for her at the local church. And I had that letter with the address. I found a genealogist, Michael Rassus, who was fantastic, and he contacted the family and said, I would like to come visit. So took a couple years, and in 2019, I went over there with my wife and didn't know what to expect. I was hoping for a nice little hello, how do you do, shake your hand, maybe have a beer, great to meet you. Well, it turned out to be three days of a family reunion and celebration. I was <laughs> fetid like a uh, returning yeah. prodigal son coming home. A very warm welcome. You were received at, with open arms. Yes, it was unbelievable. All the food and the drink and the plum wine and the kielbasa and everything you can imagine was like laid out beautifully. And we're celebrating, we're toasting. I pull out these photographs. The first one I pulled out was this baby, and I showed it to my cousin Yana. Uh, I should mention that Yana's mother, Maria, was the woman I was writing to my father. And Yana sees the photograph, and the brother looks at it, and the brother kind of tilts his head, and Yana runs out of the room. Two minutes later, Yana comes running back into the room with a larger framed photo, the exact same photo that I had. It was her as a baby being baptized. And for 60 years or so, I had this photograph in my hand, not knowing who it was. And the first family I meet, it's her. And my mind was blown. Uh, it was like the microphone dropped. I said, that's it. This is the best trip I've ever had in my life. It was such an emotional and powerful and kind of mind-blowing experience. We all just were shaking our heads. And I still shake my head in disbelief. Wow. What an amazing story. Talk about the impact and the emotion that it has on you. That's powerful. Well, thank you, Chris, for sharing that story. We're getting close to the end of our time here. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us? Yes, I do. You know, I've been thinking about this, you know, the reasons why our ancestors came over to build a better life. It's a classic immigrant story. And I think it was important to note that hearing all these wonderful stories and the stories of our Slovak ancestors and reuniting with long lost relatives, which is the icing on the cake. It's more than just personal anecdotes. I think all of our stories transcend time and place and family. You know, my story is unique to me, extremely heartwarming, but how does it affect anyone else that's listening? Will anyone can remember my great-grandparents' names? No, but I think it shows the powerful connection to family that we all have in the solving of these mysteries. It's that deep desire to return to your roots. 
There was a reason I had these photographs, power of the baby staring at me and the church, the church where my grandmother was baptized in Bertovja. It was just extremely gratifying. I think we could all relate to that. These are universal truths that could be felt by all of us. This creates a greater understanding and appreciation of what they did for us and the sacrifices they made and carrying on those traditions back here in the States. So I'm not talking to you today without their sacrifice. And that's the true gift, I think, of sharing our stories. Absolutely. So well said, Chris. I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's that connection and that strong desire to want to reach out and find our roots and connect with it that makes it so special. And thank you so much for that summary and for sharing those thoughts with us. Well, I want to thank you for being part of our podcast today, and we will see you next time. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Global Slovakia podcast. Theme music was composed and performed by Zoe Solar. Audio editor is Dea Partak. Global Slovakia is a non-for-profit organization founded and directed by Dr. Zuzana Palovich and Dr. Gabriela Beregaziova with the mission of sharing Slovakia with the world. If you like what you've heard, please donate at globalslovakia.com to help us continue to make this podcast possible. Thank you for listening and we hope you join us next time for the Global Slovakia podcast.